Extra Points is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. It has great odds and markets for the NHL, Major League Baseball, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook. Why, you ask? I'm going to tell you right now, because it's easy to use, because it's safe and secure, because you get your winnings fast. Now, winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours, and it's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game to make yourself a same game parlay. Discover the most popular same game parlays each day right when you log in. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code extra points so they know I sent you. Hey, let's start the show. Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you on a, what is it? Someone give me the day. It's got to be Thursday, the right, Thursday. Martin? That is. Yeah, is it? it is. You got it. Thank God we made it Thursday morning. Yes. Spaghetti and meatballs fiddling with the knobs. Babyface Joel Solomon, Scott the Grizz. Very happy. Scott the Grizz Holmes. He's got Arch Manning on the Texas Longhorns. Wow. Maybe they'll fill some seats now, finally, Scott. Maybe Texas people, is back. People will like Texas football. Is that what's going to happen here? Wow. Oh, look, he's glowing there. There you go. And my dear, dear pals, Dave Damashek, Martin Weiss. It's NBA draft night, fellas. We made it. We got like three days off from the NBA, and now they're back. They're going to put this draft together. When did the season end? Friday? Okay, so they couldn't even take a week off. Six days in. Um, I think it's even funnier that the NHL handed out its season awards during the Stanley Cup final and Kale McCarr, who is participating in said Stanley Cup final, showed up to get his award. That was weird. That is right? interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He well, had the night off. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll head over. <laughs> Look, there. these hockey players are they're hurting for cash. He needs to melt down that gold and see what he could do. We're going to get into the hockey. Sheck was a uh, well, he, I mean, he didn't share it with the public, but he on a big text exchange with me and 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 spaghetti and hench. He he picked Kadri to score the game winning goal in overtime, which would have paid 13 to one, but doesn't pay anything. Sheck, if it's just a text, you understand, uh, right? Yeah. But deep in the black, thanks to those Colorado avalanche, I said McKinnon yeah. and an Avs win. That paid out, but good. Uh, some nice juice on that one. And I also took at plus 300, the juice not so great, but I did say after game one, Avs in five. Five. So good chance Looking that that's going to, because the, the lightning looked uh, gasped by the end of things. I hated that. Yeah, they're up 3-1 now. They come back to Colorado. We'll recap game four. We'll give our game five pick. But let's talk about this NBA draft. Um, interesting, last 12 hours or so, you wake up on the West Coast. Paolo Bancaro is the favorite to go first to the Orlando Magic, minus 200. And then Woj tweets the top three as he's hearing it. And then the numbers adjusted. Jabari Smith went to minus 2,100 to be number one. And Chet Holmgren was a lock at minus 3,500 to be number two. Now they've stabilized. But I hope Woj understands what he's done. Like he bankrupted somebody who bet on Bancaro to go first. Um, and so he has to live with that check. I don't know where he falls on pro gamma uh, sports gambling and the well, pros. Yeah, you do and know where he comes I do. Down oh, what, what is it? What is he saying? I don't know. <laughs> I think he's morally against it. What? He resides up on Mount Pius. If you're recalling, oh, he skewed the odds. He's ago. really changed things here. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way to do it, but <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Does, are we to assume then just as, <laughs> as Woj floated about players that, that fans might 
think that said, you know, one of the players is in on something uh, nefarious? Are we now to assume that Woj is laying uh, laying a little something on? I don't know. Go Maybe you think it was like one of those situations was like he who doth te- protest too much. Like he knows he's swinging lines. And so right. that, like, he's he's laying a little bit here and a little bit there. And it, hey, I'm going to send out this tweet. And all of a sudden talk about closing line value. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Right. So this is um, really dumb to bet on um, it, unless you have insider information. And then if you do, it's illegal to bet on it. Right. So you're like, I don't know. Might as well pr- predict the ending to Stranger Things at this point. But is he but is he in fact is Woj. How does that go? He's allowed to go on FanDuel or whatever. I think probably. Um I imagine a million dollars on it if he wants, right? Well, I don't think it's against like the law. No, but right. there has to be something in these sports books. We know what they would probably do. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't last, right? So he'd do it once or twice or three times, and if you hit him big enough, they just they just cancel his account or just this whole yeah limit his account. The big question is: does a does a FanDuel, does an MGM, does a DraftKings sign him as an ambassador? Now we're getting into the weirdness, right? Where a guy has first look at what's going on in some of these. I don't know if Woj. Can Woj affect the line more than Calvin Ridley? Maybe in some cases. Oh, I think right? absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was the biggest so, argument I got in when Calvin Ridley got yeah. caught up. I'm like, what do you think that the wide receiver number two, mm-hmm. like if, if he was hurt or healthy, the line's not moving in general, right? So like what inside information do you think that he has that anybody else, like he knows intimately what his team is going to do, right? Maybe if he's there, he wasn't even there. But the idea that he knows more, like that, that, that than the Vegas odds makers would, or even just like the, the no outside of chef intimately or, things, yeah. right? Like he, he, I can't imagine he's got that much inside information. Well, that was my biggest problem with what with whatever information he has. The a holes like Woj, the world are going to be, you know, they won't shut up about it, right? We'll never hear the end of it, and that could that could honestly bring down. There are sports media types that want to bring down sports gambling, but with this NBA draft now, it has leveled a little bit. If you want Jabari Smith to go first to Orlando, it's minus three ninety. If you like Chet Holmgren to go number two, uh, he's going to go number two on the court. That'll be fun to look at. No, minus four fifty that Chet Holmgren um, goes to OKC and Paul Bancaro is now, I mean, I'm just going to keep refreshing because it changes every few minutes. He's now minus 380 to go number three to Houston. Martin, you like that top three? So then Jade Nivey, number four to Sacramento. That's where it gets like, okay, now we're talking coin flip. Um, but the top three seems set. Yeah. I, th- part of me just, I, looking at this, I thought when I saw Paolo jump to number one, I was like, okay, finally something makes sense about yeah. this draft because. You have Jabari Smith, I feel like, is probably going to be the best, like the most, uh, what is it, the most upside, right? Chet Holmgren, I have no business with at whatsoever. Like, I <laughs> I'm just, with I, you on that one. Like, I just don't see it at all, and I feel like whoever's going to trick themselves into doing it is on the way to, like, and I've, I see it right now. I can see him going to number two with that Oklahoma City hat on. Right. So that's it. I don't necessarily, I think that a bet I'm going to make here is 10 to 1, the uh, exact order. I think Paolo go number one because I think he's the most pro-ready guy right now. I think he can step into an NBA game and play, give you time like day one right. and be good. Chet will go number two. And then at that point, Oklahoma City will have two different white players over 6'10 who weigh 150 pounds. <laughs> and then I think Jabari <laughs> goes number three and ends up being the best player in this lottery. Interesting. Jaden four and then Keegan Murray. We'll go. Through. Oh, you got to do all five to get. First of all, I don't see this. This is on the Fandle. 
Yeah, this I just had, yeah, uh, five, five, first five draft picks, exact order. Wow. 10 to one. I like that. I like those. I like that list. Oh, I'm saying it now. Right. Okay. Oh, that's fun. Okay. And Keegan Murray's been linked to Detroit since basically the season ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they just moved uh, Jeremy Grant, obviously, in the trade. Uh, it looks like a slot would be opening up for him in Sacramento. Jaden Ivey's been trying to avoid Sacramento this whole time. They don't care. D- Davion Mitchell tried to avoid him last year. They drafted him anyway. Yeah. They love drafting shooting guards. That's all they do. So I, I don't care if he's white or clownish looking. I want I want it to come back to where the big man matters. We have two in the league, right? We have Jokic. We have Embiid. We used to have... 25. We used to have 12 good ones. You know, I want that to matter because I do worry that this is the first time this year that you could say the NBA, the talent is great. It doesn't matter. Everybody has a star. What do you care what the game looks like? Well, we saw a whole playoffs where there was 56% of the playoff games were 10 points or more. And that's because of the range of three point shooting. One team was always 10 for 34 and that team lost. If, if it's, if it's more of an inside game, I'm not saying Will Chamberlain where he dominated. I don't want to go back to the sixties. And I do have a bigger overall question for you, Shaq. What aesthetically is the most pleasing era for basketball, for football, for baseball. I would have to say there's not much difference for me in baseball and football. I'm putting it around 2005 in terms Mm. of the game that I liked played. Maybe those Tim Duncan Spurs. Maybe I just like the, uh, you know, the three was there if you needed it, Mono Ginobili, but you weren't relying on it. It wasn't shoved in your face. Teams weren't losing. The game wasn't over in the second quarter because teams couldn't hit the three. What aesthetically... All these games are on YouTube. If you had to watch a three-hour game, I have to think about all four. If I, I'll have to think more on all four. But for the NBA, at least I will say eighty-five, eighty-eight. I'm an old man um, because, well, first of all, so there's no three. There, there's no three. I know this now is now I crazy have to thing. give a lengthy answer, but I'll, oh, I'll try. Shit. I'll try I to up. keep it tight. <laughs> Martin, I've, first I've of all, it was more satisfying if you were a basketball fan because you could track these kids who, if there was a real phenom, a Moses Malone mm-hmm. who skipped college altogether. Okay, that was an outlier, but for the most part. You got to watch the stars rise up and develop over one to four years in college. Yeah. And so the draft by itself was more the the draft now is kind of like you saw a 19 year old kid play maybe five throwing darts. Times. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. it's not as much fun. The NBA draft used to be more fun, but right. I know you're talking about the game I'm itself. talking about you go on YouTube right now. If you see a game from the 60s, you're like, I'm not watching two and a half hours. Sorry, hold my on answer remains you mid. To, if- my, my, my answer remains you know, let's say 88 ish, because what really jumped out about Michael Jordan before he started winning titles mm-hmm. was the, you know, the, the greatness. We just talked about this on minus three uh, earlier this week. Um, what made Jordan so much fun to watch and, and the documentary that we all watched during COVID that made the rhetoric about he's the ultimate competitor and he'll kill you if you talk bad to him and all that was the double and triple clutching from sure. like 17 feet. Like what the hell was that? And you really had never seen anything like it. You saw Dominique throw down some crazy dunks mm-hmm. in game, but that era was remarkable because you were seeing things that you had never seen before. And, and you could almost really say 30 years or whatever it's been 
since still haven't seen anybody fully replicate that. All right, yeah. And at the same time, All you right. had the killer Larry Bird doing crazy stuff. That's and one magic, play, but a six-nine point guard. That I, was a great. I think hit. just take the star. I know I keep changing the question, but take the big stars out, and you're just take, seeing a regular game from a certain time period. And you're like, what? Oh my god, I can't watch this. Oh, I can't get enough of this, Martin. So, what but, the hell is in that bottle? This is iced tea. What do you mean? Because first of all, I first, I mean, they told me it might've been urine. I don't know what's going urine. on. And I, look, I thought it was weird, but urine. then you Dark came brown. on this podcast and yeah. started to say that the 2005, you got to be the only person in NBA history who opines. I'm not saying the that's history my favorite the, team. To watch Tim I'm not Duncan saying that Tony the Parker 2022 the Warriors wouldn't sweep that team. I, I understand. I'll, 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 I'll concede that where whatever era we're in, these teams in any sport would beat whatever team 20 years ago. You could have all that. I'm saying, what would you like your game to look like? I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I understand that. But the thing that, that you're talking about, why the big man mattered in, in those days, and it's just because there were so many more of them that were, that were actual huge. All right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's a personnel issue, not necessarily a style of play issue. I think. Well, do we stop feeding people? Yeah, why, exactly. why are they, why are they I not just, I think that you just look at the amount of people who are seven feet tall in general in the world. Like, it's, it's, there's not, like, but the idea that, that we had Patrick is- Earing and, and Hakeem Olajuwon and, and all at the same time, that to me is, is the biggest outlier of them all. Like, there's always so been that's six, gone seven down. guys. The, the number of seven footers or the number of seven footers that played basketball has gone down. Well, I just think the, uh, the, the, that guy with that size and that mass is just and and that coordination they all they have they're a dime a dozen in the first place. That's why they're all consistently are, are rated higher in draft boards because just in case this is Patrick Ewing or Hakeem right. one, we're going to try to figure it out. Even though consistently you sit there and look at the teams that can win the finals, mm-hmm. it's because they got somebody who's six seven who can handle the ball. Yeah, the Celtics didn't have a point guard, so they lost. That that was it, right? So that Marty, that's why Marty gets to one of the more fascinating phenomenons of my lifetime, which is you always hear, and not so much in the NBA as it happens in the last couple of years, but for the majority of my time as a sports fan, you always heard GMs and coaches pine for like, this team needs more length up front. This team needs more, needs a low post player. And my uh, question has always been, where are all these seven footers who were remotely coordinated coming from? Have you ever known in in your lives, to Marty's point and the and the mine as well, how many how many people over six five or six six in your entire life have you ever even known? Count them on one <laughs> hand, right? And sure. from that group of two to five people that you've ever known, can they even walk straight? Can they catch a ball and not look like a goof? Where are six eight guys who are hyper coordinated growing? Why? I, I and know. now they've gone away. And it's funny because I I say old man curmudgeon like Chet. Ah, Chet ain't gonna make it. Except to your point, Sal, he doesn't have to be a, a be down there on the low block. He just has to be posting up as a stretch four. Yeah, and shooting from from twenty five feet. So right. I guess maybe he could uh, be good. No, 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 Dave. Chet Holmgren is going. To, whoever I'm. What if he puts 30 pounds on that frame? He's a he's a dynamite bl- uh, shot blocker and he gets rebounds and See, stuff I, like that. I'm wondering how dynamite of a sh- like when you go back and watch uh, again, I'm not I'm not like I sat down and broke all the tape down in Gonzaga, all 40 so yeah. whatever games they played, but just in I've watched a, about 10 well, You have to compare games. him to his peers. Right. He's, he's a block five blocks a game. But the way he's getting his blocks a lot of times it felt like guys were getting past him on the perimeter and because he's got a, a, a arm the size of a 747, he can reach up and 
open block. Right. You know, this guy who's, you know, the Santa Clara point guards, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, layup, but like when I'm like when I'm thinking about guys who are in the NBA with the the the, the, the highest and elite level of, of athleticism, mm-hmm. right? Like the guys like Jalen Brunson who are in the post pivoting around as short, as small guards, those are the outliers. Like the idea, like he's yeah. going to get blown by on the perimeter. He's too skinny to guard anybody who's any, has any size. Mm-hmm. I saw like, and then when you talk about him offensively. People are talking about him like he's Kevin Durant. Like to me, the player that pro- that would project the most of Kevin Durant is Jabari Smith. Like he's got a good shot already. He's already got a decent handle. And you look at him, yeah, he's mad skinny, but he has muscle to him. Chet Holmgren has no muscle to him. You say he like put on thirty pounds. He's been trying to gain weight since he was like seventeen. He's twenty one or twenty years. He'll old. get to Brady's train. He'll figure something out. I- I'm just saying we should root for this guy to be good. I hear exactly what you mean, <laughs> right? But I also think. Uh, just before we got going, I showed Sal uh, Big East Rewind on Twitter posted a 1985 NBA preview, a prediction of how the draft was going to go. And back in 1985, they were still reaching for big, long white centers who could who could uh, block shots yeah. in the in the paint. Um, what it lays bare and what it makes me think is that more than any other sport take best player available. This thing about trying to slot what you need, what you lack as an NBA team is the most loco in any sport. I think generally speaking, you should go best player available. If you have a high draft pick, you know, quarterback league accepted, I guess, but um, you know, it's, yeah, it's easier. Bancaro's uh, the best player. The right one now? and the like, two, the five and the four. Then. Yeah, there's, there's, you could, you could make a five, a four in basketball, right? You can't make a guard, uh, a wide receiver in football, right? So, yeah, best player available. You have a little more leeway there in uh, the NBA. All right. Well, this is going to be interesting. Or maybe it won't. I mean, Martin's going to start throwing shit if Chet gets uh by the way, what was the iced tea? I didn't make the connect. Like, were you saying you're crazy or drinking yeah, your own you, urine? Literally the own you and Skip Bayless are the only people I've ever heard on any type of platform opine and say like they love the 05 Spurs and Tim Duncan and like like you were talking about that like it was the So oh, it's an iced tea thing? It's a, I don't know. I just said what's I'm not in the even bottle? I know the you Spurs. don't drink so I'm, I'm saying the 05 era and the Spurs happened to be the champ and that uh, I mean I could say the Lakers I loved Kobe and, and right around there I was like it wasn't you know they didn't three you to death we had Robert Orion like it's kind of it was the three was special I don't know maybe I'm an old man with the threes but it no, does I think seem- what ends up what's gonna have to happen is you need like there needs to be more like if there's the only thing is there's only one MB and there's only one Jokic if there was more guys just with that body type yeah and less guys with the body types of of, of Bam Adebayo like you know, then you would see more people who were banging down. More people would run their offense that way because yeah, a three point shot is great. If, especially if you're hitting 40%, but you're not telling me that like, like we were talking about the other day, like Shaq would be Shaq would eat in this league. Cause there's nobody I could keep up with him. There's nobody I, I could guard think him. That's a ve- I mean, I, so I keep asking it on minus three and extra points and anywhere else that I have a microphone is would Shaq be so dominant that he would bend the will of the entire league back to Absolutely. his style of ball. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know because I hear what you're saying that there are very many of them. But and and believe me, I am not under the impression that Armando Baycott is is uh, you know the next uh, Hall of Fame center to land in the NBA. But he is he does represent. He has no reason to be in the draft. Where would he go if he were in the mix here? Top six. 
Probably top. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. He is a limited offensive yeah, he player. Say, it would, it would be, cause like he's going to get drafted. But again, he's big, thick shot blocker rebounds like a mother. Like, you know, there would be some value perceived by NBA GMs for him, but he decides to go back to UNC because there's no place for him in pro basketball. So why wouldn't he go back and make a half a million dollars? Um, with the deals college kids are getting. He he kind of is representing what you're saying. Again, Shaq is different. Shaq's one of the most dominant of all time. But, I, I you know, we talked last week to um, uh, to Big Shot Bob slash Rob, and, you know, he said he thinks Akeem would dominate. I think Akeem would be a more interesting guy to inject into 2022. Sure. As well, because he's, you know, more, uh, you know. Yeah, I love that era, too. But maybe not enough threes is what I'm saying. I like I want to mix like I'm looking like even Dwight Howard. No five like the guys like that. Paul Gasol, like they don't have to be super superstars. Yao Ming, uh, Ben Wallace, and then obviously Shaq and like the Tim Duncan, the big guys like that. All right, we can get. I think that. to your big man, I think yeah. Mark Williams is going to be good. Mark Williams. I did. Yeah, do, do I, I think I'm high. I'm very high on him. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to see where his over under. They do have numbers. Sal's high on his iced tea. He's got I can't believe tea. the iced tea. Mark I mean, Williams, I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, it's got to be something. 13 and a half uh, under is plus 174. If people think like Martin, uh, it's a good idea. Why to would take it be a, urine though? A shot. Why would he drink? Why? why I don't know. That's what Joel fed urine. me before we started. So that's that's why I went with that first. So wait, Joel's so fine. Joel, <laughs> baby face Joel contended that Sal might be drinking his or maybe even someone else's urine. <laughs> and that would, I mean, to have a take like that, uh, weird if he did that, that's for sure. I do want to give a pick. I gave this on uh, against all odds, Johnny Davis, top 10. It's now minus minus one fifty. It was uh, minus minus one thirty. is over under flew to 11 and a half, uh, six, five shooting guard out of Wisconsin, big 10 player of the year. If you're a big 10 player of the year and your game translates to the NBA, I think it should be a top 10 pick, right? Almost by default. No, uh, I think he's think who else would New Orleans, play? Washington, uh, good spots for him at eight or 10. Um, he's compared to Ginobili, like a Josh Hart type. He had a, like a late season ankle injury. Wasn't as great uh, in the postseason tournaments. I there, could, but uh, there was, there was a, not a one and there. done guy. I like Johnny Davis. You had Calbert Chaney, who was the player of the year in college basketball. I thought he was going to be great. And Didn't he, do he had a long year, but a long career, but he wasn't, uh, never, he wasn't really ever a star. And then right after him, Sean Respert at Michigan state was the, the national player of the year and was a complete dud. Mateen Cleaves, Damon Bailey, Jimmy oh. Jackson was kind of like the best one of the whole, uh, the I whole guess. Era. Yeah. I guess it's not really yeah. a, was, great it, for me. It's Luca Garza, Cassius Winston Garza won it twice. The last two, uh, <laughs> the weird kid. What was the kid with the hair from, uh, Keita Bates job for uh, Ohio State. Justin Fields. Oh, no, wait, no, I'm different sport. <laughs> Caleb Swanigan. <laughs> Boy, these guys these. should be better. Uh, Draymond Green and Trey Burke. There you go, back to back. They're, they're, they were both in the uh, NBA I mean, playoffs this year. That's a decade ago, but yeah, the, <laughs> since then, not, not great. Denzel Valentine. Yikes, Frank. Who were the two Gonzaga kids, the players of the year? The one guy uh, was a dud with the terrible mustache. Morrison. Yeah, Adam Moore. Oh, yeah. And then before him was the guy with the weird name. I can't think of it. Ru, Ru Achimura was. <laughs> I no longer went, remember anyone's name. Chispert got it. Uh, and then Drew Timmy. Well, we're looking. Yeah, for that. This is WCC. Anyway, all right. Check. Do you have a, a pick you want to throw out there or anything to do with this draft? 
Uh, you know, it's funny. I feels like Marty's trying to talk things that he wants to see happen into being. Um, That's my biggest problem with the NBA. I'll, I'll be looking at what should happen, and I bet that. And then they did do what actually happens. I'm sorry. I just that MVP vote just all pissed me off all over. Again. Well, <laughs> see, Chet has no value. A minus five fifty is the no. second overall. No, maybe people will come to their senses. I'm going to follow. Yeah, okay, plus seven fifty for Chet as the third overall. Really? Maybe so the, OKC passes on him. He goes to Houston. Unless there's a trade, you're thinking. I'm going to say that Chet lands at three. I think right. that he feels he's the new dream enough. He's the new Olajuwon, Martin. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, that's what Houston's saying. That's a dream, all right. <laughs> so that'll be that. Uh, I want to ask, what would you guys wear to the draft? You're about to be selected. Pants. You would definitely wear pants. Yes. Not shorts. I mean, well, anything to co- cover. I wouldn't Winnie the Pooh that would be a weird. How much you spending on it? Uh, because I wonder if there was ever a guy drafted and late, way late, and like shit. I have to sell this suit. <laughs> Why did I go and spend uh, eighteen thousand dollars? I'm coming at it the other way. Especially these kids now. They got nil money. They're smart. But that's they're doing, true. They they're, they're getting you know different uh, time. Tom's yeah. haberdashery to sponsor them. Yeah. He's like, who are you wearing tonight? He's like, oh, you know, Tom put all my old jerseys on the inside of my suit jacket. Check me out. That's true. It's the Oscars. It's for free at this point. Yeah, right? it's walking yeah. down a red carpet. So what? Are Paolo you Banchero or Patrick Mahomes, whoever he is. Did you did y'all saw that interview? Oh yeah, yeah. When they uh, the, uh, at the NASCAR event. Yeah, it was like the at the, the, the F one. Uh, yeah. Martin Brundle. Oh, I had never heard of this man before. I'd never seen him before. I was just, Martin mm. Brundle, the fly. I dived in for like ten seconds, and it was first of all, it's incredibly chaotic. It's just this man walking around yeah. with a microphone, just sticking it in people's faces. Like Dave, what do you think? He goes up to Paolo Matero and asks, you know, hey Patrick Mahomes, how does it feel to be out here? And, and it was, <laughs> it was, it was pretty amazing to see. So I mean, I wonder if anybody would do that tonight. Confuse him with Patrick Mahomes. No, probably not. Probably but, not. Well, maybe if he wears a Mahomes jersey, that I'm, wouldn't be what I wore. I'm a hundred percent coming with like a a velvety mm-hmm. smoking jacket type, but I'm going longer, almost bathrobe, but not quite, but definitely below the belt line, above the knees. Is that Why? right? Because I feel like nobody else have it on, and, and like if in the NBA especially, <laughs> in the NBA especially, if you can be the first to do some weird things uh, with your fashion, then people will look at you as like a fashionista. And then like Jalen mm-hmm. Jalen Brown signed with Donda Sports and is about to have a fashion line. Like right. Russell Westbrook got a whole fashion line. It's like you, this is your opportunity to set yourself out and be like, yeah, I wear weird stuff too. Somebody come sign me, and but then I probably these have guys, a price. I guess it. It depends on your build, right? Many of these guys are going to be drafted around 6'6", 190, give or take a couple inches, give or take 10, 15 LBs, right? But what is Chet Holmgren? What do you, I, I have fun with it if I'm Chet Holmgren. I, well, I might wear, all, I might wear suspenders. I might wear <laughs> like, uh, like farmers, like overalls or something. Dress like that eight foot tall guy. Yeah. You always see in the Guinness book of world records pictures. Right. Um, yeah. They, well, they say dress for the job you want. I think team players should take that more literally. Like Eli Manning made it clear, don't draft me, San Diego Chargers. And nevertheless, the Chargers took him mm-hmm. and started a whole mess that could have been avoided had he just shown up wearing a New York Giants uniform. Oh, interesting. Like right. If you just show up like I'm not. Hey, Bancaro could be like, I don't want to go to Oklahoma City no right. matter what. So don't draft me. You know how you really scared the thunder off? Wear the uniform of the team you want to wear. Like nobody's oh. going to take you. No, but no one's going to have 
No one's going to trade their dignity to get the rights to you. No NBA team. They're too proud. You They're not so. going to draft you yeah. if you're wearing the uniform of a team, like what if, of like, another team. You know like how like Tony Robo in the booth has a CBS on his chest, right? right? What if it's right there on the chest of your, of your suit jacket? You just had uh, like a big no smoking sign with mm-hmm. like the Thunder logo right in the middle of it. So you're saying anti, but don't don't support another because then you take yeah. a chance that the Giants don't sign you, Eli. You don't, right? don't want to button yourself into one of 30. Well, then, yeah, then you would have a (laughs) on your face and on your new uniform with nowhere to go if that team didn't take you. I think you have to make some sort of backdoor arrangement like you're definitely going to take me, right? Because I don't want to look like an ass. It will will be interesting to see what Chet comes out in, though, because... Or get a tattoo. He's going to be the fun one. Well, it was reported that for the draft lottery, that was the first time he had ever bought a suit, which, by the way, why are players present at the draft lottery in general? Of all the things that oh, this meeting should have been an email, yeah, like this TV show should have been an email. It's a list I'm running, list I'm working on. That's yeah. the number one, the NBA draft lottery. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time he had ever worn a suit or at least purchased a suit. I'm excited to see what this looks like. Could do the lurch thing. Could do the Adams family lurch. I think we might do that on accident. Yeah, yeah. That's the default. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break and then we'll go over uh, some NHL action. All right, game four recap. Last night, it was a good one. Went to overtime. Parlay Kid called it plus 320. That would go to overtime, and the Avs won in overtime. By the way, we did our five-minute frenzy. Sheck, you would like this. I so, know. I well, Listen, I, I said I that. I jumped. What, the five-minute? I let, let Damashek in. I, I would have told you exactly what was going to go down. I told you. What do you mean? I said, stay away from that total. I, every game's gone over, but one yeah, yeah. is going to go under. So 91% of those I betting the that. total on FanDuel had the over. And of course it ends. What the hell is the score? 3-2? Is that 3-2. the final in, in overtime? Yep. Sheck, you called, like I said, the winning goal on text. Kadri, 13-1. Uh, to 1. Um, it, But it sucked. The overtime. Go- I, l- listen, this is my thing. And I love hockey playoffs. And people love it. And they go crazy. There's ejaculations all across uh, the puck country when a game goes to overtime. Oh, I hope it goes seven overtimes. I hope it, okay. Except that it's most likely going to end in a shit goal. It does. And this wasn't necessarily a shit goal if it had, if it had dropped from the netting, but nobody knew what was going on for a good uh, 40 Mississippi count. What happened here? That was one of, you know, we immediately were texting about it afterwards. You know, it's hard to take. I, immediately, my reaction was like, Sean McDonough blew it. One of the all-time worst play-by-play calls in a big moment that we've seen that, I mean, he didn't know that the goal was in for really like 20 seconds. But um, there's a referee but six the feet away. Are like both standing over, are, are both standing over the goal right yeah. behind it with the puck. Literally, they could have reached out and touched it, and they didn't know it was in there. But Vasilevsky's Kadri didn't know was in the goal. So how can we blame right. anybody in the joint? And Vasilevsky's like, I, I don't know how long, how am I supposed to keep this up? What? How do I do this? <laughs> how do I sneak this out at this point? But, it, but well, the shame is, is that it was a great goal. I think it, I, I think it was I mean. in fact a great goal. So that goal. was a good goal. But a lot of times it's not. And the other thing was they peppered uh, Vasilevsky with they had like seven solid opportunities to score. And a lot of times what happens is, the other team will score. We'll come back odd man rush or something and score. That didn't happen. The abs uh, dominated that overtime period, but I don't know why overtime goals suck or anticlimactic or, or something. It's very weird. It's I like, think- it's like if you had like Derek Henry fumbling at the three in overtime, the ball goes in the, in the, in the end zone and there's a pig pile 
and it took three minutes to figure out who well, jumped on. We talked about the phenomenon of that recently that, you know, in football games now too, even if it's an overtime touchdown in yeah. a playoff game, you can't really feel euphoric for at least a right, couple seconds before you do an eyeball scan of the field or you're waiting for Tony Romo yeah. or Jim Nance or otherwise to say like, no flags. I don't see any flags out there. Like, yeah. is it good? Can I be happy? Right. Can I allow myself joy? Add the extra layer of, oh, this play is now going to be under review. Yeah. Completely ruining the end of game calls. Well, that speaks to the anticlimactic part of it. But the shit goal, which I guess this was not, is not. Uh, I mean, that, that would be like uh, the ball getting tipped in the end zone four times and somebody comes up with it. But I get it. Uh, either way, not looking good for me. Question. The, uh, I have a uh, question for you. Guys. Lightning at 11 to one. Yeah. You had to make a decision. Right. Forget it. No Stop way. to bottom. Not doing it. Overtime or no over like games end in ties or not. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the idea, like, you know, some overtimes, like some of the best moments we've seen have been in overtime periods. Like, you know, seeing games yeah. like would you have every sport have games end in ties or what we currently have? Wait, so what would what would the how would we do this? So you're game, talking regular season. Regular season, of course. But oh. it's like but like so like but with the caveat that there will probably have to be some type of figure out way. Like there's no like it everything yeah. would be like everything would be decided from what happened in the game. So like whether or not like if there's somewhere where you're at, at a postseason tie, like something that happened prior, like your total points or something yeah, like that they, is they what, just what determines your point. advancement. I like overtime. Uh I kinda like the way to do it. Actually, it's uh four on four in the regular season for hockey and then um, played full, full squad until somebody wins. Right? Oh, Sal, Hench and Simmons have given me a lot of crap over a couple of decades now for saying my favorite thing in college football used to be that because you had a two point conversion and you could mm. make these huge ethical career defining decisions like Tom Osborne had in the 1983 Orange Bowl. He gets an improbable touchdown against upstart Miami. It's a one-point game, 31 to 30, and Nebraska can kick the extra point, win the national championship, Mm -hmm. and everybody will say, unsatisfying, a tie, but you get it. But, But Tom Osborne. Had balls and he went for it and he didn't get it. Well, why don't you use the more the current forty-year later okay, example? Well, one, the Chargers and Raiders—they <laughs> they both go to the playoffs if the Raiders take a knee, right? I they kick the field listen, goal. My yeah, answer but is Sal, this. that one doesn't have all the wind up and build up. That, you know, <laughs> oh, it doesn't take him three minutes to explain. Did the guy had the, the the guy had the 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 guts to go for it? He failed, <laughs> but he but he went for it. It was admirable, and I loved it. You don't need the double down then of a what you know what I don't like, and I think I'm in a very large, very I'm sorry, small minority. Mm-hmm. I what I don't like is college footballs. Uh, oh, yeah, it's not great. I don't like that. So weird and gimmicky. Twenty. We, get the ball at the 25. Well, now that used to be able to go on forever, but now it's actually, now it's just two point conversions after the third Mm -hmm. one, right? That's better because it accelerates it. What the answer is, Marty, I, you know, I think there should be ties in regular season games, period. I know we have to, we have to satiate the fans. We have to send them home, either happy or devastated. Can't have an in-between because everybody's a child in pro. The rule is needs to be different per, per sport. Football playoffs, playoff games should be the full 15 minute quarter unless you get up by two scores. I'm okay if you with get that. up by two scores, game over. It will still have the euphoria. People talk themselves into like, but then you take away that great moment. 
the great moment that uh, of overtime that 80 or 90% of is, is a kicker walking out on the field and kicking a field goal. That's yeah. more exciting than, uh, than winding down the clock in overtime. That's I'm that. all right with, I'm not going to go crazy about either. I like the way they're doing it now. Both teams will get the ball, right? That's just for playoffs though. in uh, NFL, but, um, I'm with you too. Yeah. I think there's like in Scottish rugby, Martin, this is what I thought you were getting at Martin. Like, so game four, uh, they have like a seven game series, but if the like game four is tied, that remains a tie. And then they play game five and it's still a best of seven, Ooh. but whatever, they come back a week later and they play game five. Like uh, I think it's two out of three, but, but, but that would still be that. I mean, yeah. essentially in, in the scenario, I just came up with on the fly that that would happen, right? That'd you could tie yeah, yeah, game yeah. four. And then at the end of the series, it would be three to three with three, three, one. Right. And then you have to advance on points differential or something like that. I hate overtime. I can't stand over time. I, I I don't know what it is. Really? You got I've, shit to do. That's why. Maybe. I don't, it's just it's always like the more overtime it gets, the less I care to watch what actually wow. is happening. I don't know what it is. And I'm a full proponent of changing the rules once regulation is ended to try to get this thing over with. I really like, I don't know. I, I, I locked in for one through four quarters or one through nine innings. I don't, I don't need any more than that. Okay. Well, I need uh, more games in this series because I have the lightning. I know Mikey Meatballs. I don't think this series is over though. Shaq, I'll, what's your game five pick? The lightning are minus one seventy two. That's that's pretty big. I mean, take them with a take them uh, um, the minus puck line goal and a half. Um, and yeah, I do think uh, you know our pal Eddie Spaghetti's arch nemesis Josh Yoey um, from the Athletic. Um, points out rightly that that is not a small factor if you're gassed as Tampa looked mm-hmm. um, on Wednesday night and, you know, has looked over the last couple of rounds here and there is that, um, you know, now you're going up into the high altitude of Denver. But they were and crushing looked, them in shots. I mean, it was it, it evened out. But for a while, Tampa was I all, Tampa was you know what I, uh, team, I, I what I got. Well, first of all, the thing that always is a possibility in this series is that Darcy Kemper could poop the bed. Yeah. And 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 then obviously that would swing things. But if you get a, a solid performance out of Kemper, I think the series is over. I think that uh, that Denver is ready to seize the moment. I think the Avs hoist the cup. Yeah, I, I, I'm partial here, and you are too, because you have the Avs in five. I took Tampa Bay, and I didn't hedge, of course. I have eleven to one odds that they're going to win the cup. But uh, how about the juicy I, I, I'm, one? I'm giving them a chance. I, I, everyone's like the series is over. That's it. Uh, overtime goal. Well, only one game was a blowout in the Avs' favorite. They won two overtime games. The Lightning still have the better goalie. There's a championship team with their back against the wall. I don't know. I think. Uh, I think this could be a close. Oh, game. talk about cry baby. How about John Cooper, the lightning coach afterwards saying there are too many men on the ice. I was like, and, yeah, and and they, he, he had like seven guys on the well, ice screen right grabs too. When you're talking too many men on the ice, screen grabs are pretty easy to Sticky do. You could, you could pretty much identify too many men on the ice about uh, All the time, yeah. two dozen times a game. If yeah. you wanted to, that doesn't really prove much. Anything. They, they happen to be jumping on and off the ice simultaneously. But also they didn't get called for it. They had right. seven, like seven. Hey, we you know it was fun. Check betting the plus minus. I had Ratten uh, under a half, so they're all plus five. They're all plus point five. So the under is heavy juice, right? Whether it's McKinnon or a fourth stringer, it doesn't matter. I bet on uh, that's fun to me. Betting the plus minus. I was a, looking through those. I just didn't see anyone that I that that really jumped out to me. Like, oh yes, I believe heartily in that one in particular. The fun one that is obviously a long shot, but I still think has a real chance of coming through is yeah. 
Avs win the series and McKinnon and McCarr. Well, actually, you know, it, it does, it's not tied to an Avs uh, series win even. McKinnon and McCarr both score three goals or more in the series. McCarr, M- McKinnon needs to get two in game five if they win that game. Series over and McCarr needs to get one plus 980 before mm. game four. That yeah, but well, you like it ending though in one game. So that's that's three goals you would need. Well, that's fun. Right. Nathan McKinnon, I think, will have a sense of the moment. I think he, I that's a, a good prediction that I will make here and now. Nathan McKinnon for two goals in Game Five. Interesting. Well, you you uh, gave us a good bet there. You said McCarr or McKinnon, one of them. If the Abs win, this is about ten days ago. You said that one of them is going to win the Con Smythe. McCarr now minus four eighty. So he's all intents and purposes running away with it. And Vasilevsky is seventeen to one. Uh, interesting, interesting numbers. Hey, baseball though, guys, baseball. I know Martin's making money betting baseball, bet against my Mets. First day. was so happy to tell me bet against my Mets. Uh, two days. They lost to the Astros turn K's into cash, big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. right now. New customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat. First bet up to a thousand dollars. Just sign up, place your first bet. FanDuel will give you up to a thousand dollars back in free bets. If you don't win. Yes. Great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app. You get paid fast. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code extra points to get started with your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Let's give out our play of the day. I'm going to say the Yankees. Maybe this is a bit of a grudge here since the Astros disposed of my Mets the last two days, as I mentioned. Now they travel the Astros due to the Bronx. Yankees, 14 straight home wins. And all these Yankees starters are dynamite. Uh, Talon is 11 and two. The Yankees are 11 and two in Talon starts. Valdez on the other side, seven and a third. He's had two starts against the Yankees, seven and a third, seven earned runs allowed. Uh, I hate rooting for them, but I could do it for one night. Yankees minus 136. Martin, what's your play today? You've been strong with baseball. I've been doing okay. Uh, I like the Mariners today, but that game is going to start before most people hear this. So I'm my play of the day is going to be the San Diego Padres. I'm going to take them on the money line. I'm actually parlaying Mariners and Padres. But again, by the time people hear this, it'll be too late to parlay it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Padres on the money line. They're just off the sweep of Arizona. They've been playing pretty well, scoring a good amount of runs. And in a, in a hairy stat, Uh-oh. they are 4-0. In their last four Thursday games, in which Joe Musgrave has started. Oh wow! So I oh, mean, wow. you, you get a number like that, you got to take it. That's a Harry thing. What do you think? Does, does Joe Musgrove know when Thursday is? <laughs> you think these play? I didn't even know <laughs> today was um, <laughs> Thursday. That, that's a good one. Did we get? We gave that a good name. Like the I, I think we call it the Harry better. Yeah, something like that. The Harry the trend. meaningless betting tip. That, yeah, uh, that doesn't actually. Impact. Well, his thing, he'll go back to. Um, you know, Padre stats from when the players are like six years old. That, right. That'll be his thing. Yeah. Right. And uh, well, actually this one, I'm being snarky, obviously, but I do think there's something to like some guys maybe do play better when the sun's on them versus when it's nighttime out. I don't know. That might be Thursday. But this is just a Thursday. Like it's just, <laughs> it's so weird. Cause Sunday, I would, uh, it would impress me more if it was Sunday, you know, it's like, Oh, that ends the series. Usually maybe it's yeah. a getaway thing. They know they're getting on a plane. Got reacquainted with the Lord before he went to That's the right. park that day. Yeah, right. exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Um, I just hope Joe Musgrove didn't change his Wednesday night routine. Boy, from tie in the Musgrove. Let's go on and on about ex uh, Pittsburgh Pirates pitchers. Um, mm-hmm. I'm with you. 
Um, his teammate, Jameson's uh, teammate there up in the Bronx, Aaron Judge, keeps hitting the ball out of the yard. Mm. The Yankees keep winning games. I'm going to go against you here, Sal. Judge with a home run. Yanks win plus 480. Why is that going against me? I, I took the Yankees. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were mad at the Astros. I'm mad at everybody. Beating Always. Th- okay. Yeah. All right, good. So good. So we park our cars in the same spaghetti. Crowd. That can't be good. I love reading reports that uh, Judge could end up on the Twins. <laughs> it, I mean, no, it was an article by Buster Only actually put that in the minus three rundown. Well, like the it, Cubs, the Angels. I mean, basically every team besides the Twins that has like a relatively big payroll uh, want to pay for him. Like, oh, you want to pay for a 30, 31 year old outfielder who could hit 50 home runs in a season? Like, called me shocked. He's not going anywhere. He'll be named, <laughs> really? he'll be named, he'll be named the captain of the Yankees and he'll be Yankee for But why for are they life. acting? Like, let's get into that on minus three. Why are they acting like they're pores now, the Yankees? It really is yeah. weird with the arbitration thing. And I just pay him. They, if you if you battle him in arbitration, doesn't that make him more cross with you? Did I we mean, figure he's out negotiating in a few months with them that like, man, you couldn't have just give me the the few extra million. I'm not doing enough for you this year. Did we figure out the midseason arbitration? Why? I mean, that kind of snuck up on everybody. I still don't know what we were talking yeah. about this. Yes, like uh, I don't know what arbitration even is. I mean, I think with the Yankees, it's not as much of the dollars as it is the length of the contract. And I think for a guy, again, he's in the middle of his prime, mm-hmm. but on the back end of a deal, if you're ha- paying a guy, you know, a ton of money for eight, nine, ten years when they're approaching forty years old, they're bat- and he's going to be batting two fifteen, but he's still hitting thirty around thirty home runs. It's like, what are you paying uh, this look, guy? Look so what Spaghetti's doing. You see what he's doing. He's driving the price down. Well, that's what happens, right? You get older, your batting average goes down. They strike out a lot more, but you still had a decent amount of home runs yeah. for an older guy. And that's, you know, he's going to be DH. GM is uh, listening before he, he makes a terrible. I hope he goes mistake. to the Twins. Well, I'm about to say, isn't this like <laughs> essentially like the Miguel Cabrera plan? Like, with the, yeah. like when the Tigers sign him to what a ten million a ten year contract, knowing he's going to be thirty seven. Yeah, they've done this of with it. a bunch of yeah. Yeah, A-Rod, but it's like uh, yeah, but it's like so the hell what? Like especially too, it's like you know you're only really doing that for a literal fan favorite. Like this is I mean this and it's not like he's not playing at an MVP level. I mean how many more years you get out of it? Six, seven at this rate? Like well, the thing is, can you sell jerseys if he's hitting nineteen home runs a year? Right. That those are the years. I think he probably could. It's so. also Fred Taylor and Frank Gore are two anomalies, which is to say that they both started their careers as like with the tag of like they're injury prone. Then they went long stretches of their prime of not getting hurt mm. and, and and landed on a good in a good place by the end of the day. But Aaron Judge the knock on him is can't stay healthy. So if he has an MVP season, uh-huh. are you still like, well, that all that injury prone stuff is in the rear view mirror, or does he return to it next year? It's interesting yeah. that that could be. And I, it's funny. Cause I was thinking, I saw that Matthew Stafford, the cell phone commercial. And I thought like, I've declared, well, Stafford's going to go to the hall of fame now because of uh, what happened last year, plus oh his numbers. Goodness. But what if he goes back to getting hurt all the time? When your worst derail days, all the Rams. When does Stafford ever really get hurt all the time? Matthew Stafford, look uh, back through his games played. He was by had pretty checkered past with. But I mean, uh, but he would play hurt. hurt though. Like the idea of Stafford is the guy that is not, but a, not as well. He wouldn't play as well. But but um, that's one question. Second question is: Do you think when visiting teams play the Mets and the Yanks, do they stay in the same hotel the whole time, or do they switch hotels? What? Hold on a second. Well, Matthew Stafford play. has started sixteen games consecutively, <laughs> minus one year. 
from 2011 to 2021. Wow. Yeah, oh, like he boy. he missed he he is 2009 he missed six starts. Okay. 2010 he missed uh, what is that? That would be 13 starts, and then 2019 he That's missed true. eight. So in a 12 13 year career, he's missed less than 30 starts. I'm, I didn't mean to upset you. I'm, I, I was you just know, you know, Dave. I'm so here to keep you accountable and keep you correct because no, I was I, there you know and then watching his games too. played. And part of it is like he that was part of the the, the lore of Matthew Stafford in Detroit because he would always play hurt for. His I know team. he would, but you know what? What that proves is that I cannot, uh, that I am susceptible to, to believing when you tag somebody as injury prone earlier in their career, that's a hard that's thing it. to wash off of people. Of two, no, Matt Stafford is just to lose all his starts. That's why he's not going to the Hall of Famer. I have no idea. I imagine just out of logistics, people stay in the same hotel. I would I think no so too, idea. but aren't they far <laughs> enough? How far is it from the Mets stadium to the Yankee stadium? Uh, well, how far or how much time? I mean, what would it take like an hour? Know, like, what you think they stay in minutes? Manhattan both if you, times? If you got the right train. Oh, oh, if they go into Mets and the Yankees. Um, oh, I got gotcha. you. I switched. I'm saying if you're right. No, like the I think they, they stay. I think they stay because outside there's a team bus waiting for and them. And lastly, yeah. I've been meaning to bring this up to you because I see it <laughs> almost every time we put out our picks of the day. Someone hilarious on social yeah. media says like, Sal says, oh, I'm taking the Mets uh, with right. it. I go, oh, guess I'm taking the other team. Oh, Is yeah. there a lamer Definitely. joke going right now on social media than like, here's my offering of my play of the day. Right, and then right. somebody has to weigh in with like, oh, I guess I know where I'm going. Opposite of you. Am I right? That's the equivalent of uh, you're better than that. In which 90% of the time <laughs> when people say that, it's not true. I was like, I'm not bad. I'm not even close to better than this. Yeah, but but yeah. I take that, Dave, and I yeah. raise that. Because there's one f- tweeter, okay? One guy. <laughs> one guy. I could, hit a, I could hit 13 plays yeah. in a day in a row, and he yeah. knows exactly who he is. <laughs> Every time I lose one. Call him out. Who Every cares, time who I cares? lose That's one. That's the game. He'll go over there and be like, oh, Sal, way to go. Oh, Dave, 7-1. Martin, do better, you dickhead. And I'm just like, wow. Like, what is like? You got to take it. I had this conversation well, with Harry. We I went wasn't seven going and there one with our he hockey. He brought it up. Uh, uh, with our hockey picks, we went seven and one. In game two, we went one and seven. But Harry's like, oh, seven and one. Then one guy points out, he's like, yeah, but you went one and seven Saturday night. He's like, well, who would have known that Colorado was going to win seven? Nothing. I'm like, just take it, Harry. It's fine. Yes, we, we win and then we lose and we, we're offering check. People could fade the picks. That's what's great about this whole thing. There's no accountability. And I, I will say, <laughs> Generally, I'm seeing this tweet as I just lost a hundred dollars or so on yeah. whatever I just gave out as a play of the day. So it's an extra level level of, yeah. level of salt. Yeah, people suck. But I wasn't bringing it up until <laughs> they, they, they've just they've just hit a hot spot for me. So that's what that was. <laughs> I just like you know people who you are. between the Matthew Stafford's in injured. And I just want to get. Well, I mean, Matthew Stafford is not a Hall of Famer. Um, I'll tell you who is Rob Gronkowski. He retired. Accurate. He retired again. If he um, retired tomorrow, he wouldn't make the Hall of Fame. He's going to add to those. Yeah, but this was your Cam, this was your Cam Newton thing, and that uh, you really jinxed. Well, the shit I out said of he him. had to keep playing, and he's not been able to keep but, playing. So yeah, um, Gronk does not have to keep playing. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think he's the best I've ever seen. I don't even want to bring this up because he's going to come back. Like uh, <laughs> Godwin twists his ankle, and Brady's like they're three and two, and he's like, "Hey, we're going to need you back." And Gronk can be like, "Well, oh." Uh, aren't I still on that team? Like, I, he's, he's going to come back. There's no question about it. But if he doesn't, he's the best I've ever seen. I don't care what the uh, stats say. I know Tony Gonzalez has the numbers over him, but I, I think, and it, and it goes to, it lends to the conversation you were having uh, the other day about how do you, he changed the way you cover guys, right? Like, 
Uh, actually, there's that you couldn't cover that. That's the thing, right? Well, you didn't see tight ends doubled a lot before Gronk. You know, clutch evaluating clutch is a you know is a mm. is a tough conversation sometimes to evaluate. But really, I mean, the tight end mm-hmm. of of the football team. This isn't the, like the number one diva wide receiver, whatever kind of thing. The the game in Denver that they ultimately lost. If you remember that game, that the, the two paper, point they lost by two, right? Yeah, he got the mm-hmm. two point. He missed the two point. Yeah, maybe the greatest catch, and I know that's saying a great deal. Yeah, the Julio Jones catch of the game they lost. The Julian Edelman catch. Antonio Holmes, right. whatever games with David Tyree, whatever. That Gronk catch with two guys draped over him. A t- he's a big tight end, and the balls directly over his head. And if he drops it, the game is over yeah. and they rake his arms as the ball hits his yeah. hands. And somehow he held on to that. Right. That is in the conversation for best catch I've ever seen. Not to, not to boil his entire career down to that, but when you have those singular moments and you come through, it does count when, how we, with how we evaluate you. Yes. No conversation about who the, I love, uh, I'll debate you on almost any stupid subject you want to bring up best tight end ever clear cut. Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. End I've, of conversation. I have Gronk too. And I think a two. lot of it. Number two? No. Gronk, also? I should say. I have Gronk oh, oh, as oh, well. Oh. Um, but, geez, Dave. But, well, uh, I was gonna, after my speech, I would hope I had swayed you. No. Nah, the thing about Gronk, which makes him unique, is his body size and body type was perfectly built to be a tight end. Because yeah. if, there, if there was, I'll never forget watching a Patriots uh, press conference and somebody actually had clipped it off and put it on Twitter, said, this is why it's so hard to guard Grob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Devin McCourty had been doing the uh, the uh, the post, the, the, the press conference beforehand, mm-hmm. and it was like a freestanding microphone. They had to adjust the microphone seven inches hmm. up to get to Gronk's head to, to, from McCourty's head. And then, then, then McCourty would be the guy on another team trying to check him, right? So he was literally unguardable in terms of his size and He's speed. He's fun, monstrous, like a Bavaro kind of, th- that was like fun, but, uh, but Bavaro it, had like two, three good years, right? But also, yeah. too, the thing that I feel like people are overlooking in all tight end debates in general is the idea that Gronk put his hand in the ground often and blocked for successful yeah. running teams a lot and played right. the, the you know, the right tackle extra or left tackle extra, wherever side he was lined up on the formation. And it's and in today's, I know today's uh, NFL, you, you want your guy out there trying to go catch passes and like, you know, guys like Travis Kelsey will put their hand in the ground, but that was a plus for Gronk. Right. And I think that that's something that we don't talk about nearly. Oh, enough. he was a hammer. Um, and the other thing is with him is you mentioned fun with him. How much credit do you think he deserves for humanizing Tom Brady? I think up until a point, yeah. Tom Brady was kind of like he and Belichick were these icy robot kind of yeah. people. How does Brady accept this buffoon? Well, how does he do it? Yeah, right. And that, yeah. and that they got on and you could tell that yeah. they had an affinity for one another and you know, even before they're taking the videos, like the shrugging videos after they would win another That's game. A good point. Yeah. I, I don't look, we can get into, well, Tony Gonzalez has the best stats out of the, all these guys, right? 15,000 yards. Um, Gonzalez played 270 games. Gronk has 9,200 yards and 143 games. Gronk right on his heels for touchdowns. But um, I don't know. We could do the thing with Tony Gonzalez as a Patriot. Would we say him? I'm not sure. I'm. This is probably my hottest take. I would have Tony Gonzalez like at the best third. 
Really? In terms of best tight end. So what do you have, Gates or Shannon? Oh, I have Shannon you have to put second. Shannon. You have to. Oh, I'm, but it's not even just I have to put Shannon. Like, no, it I, is. But, it is. Yeah. No, nah, but if you look at it, bro. <laughs> you just mentioned the blocking. Right, but okay, so look at the 1,000-yard right. rushes that Shannon Sharp blocked for as opposed to Tony Gonzalez. And obviously, Antonio Gates was blocking for LaDainian Thomas for most of the time, so you know that's one there. But Shannon Sharp, Jamal Charles, yeah, wasn't he around for like those guys? The but, I mean, Shannon Sharp was blocking for all those all those teams in Denver, and then uh, uh, oh, oh, his name is escaping me now, uh, the other Lewis in, in Baltimore. Jamal. Jamal. Jamal, thank you. Well, for that for that uh, Super Bowl run, like he was and play was key, was a key part mm-hmm. to Three postseason runs. It was uh, obviously first to 10,000 yards in his career. I'd say, like, if you really look at it, I know a lot of people give Kellen Winslow the credit for, like, defining the tight end as a pass catcher. But Shannon Sharp's got the longest touchdown for a tight end. He's got the most yards for a tight end in the NFL history. Like, to me, the and he's, Wait, Kellen Winslow Sr. or Jr.? Well, <laughs> Kellen Winslow Jr., you know, he, he set the lines for, what is it, deviancy he's in, the, in public. No, he's but, in the military, right? Didn't he? Kellen Winslow Jr.? Did he go over? <laughs> no, no. no, Kellen Winslow. Remember that was his thing? I'm right. A, I'm a soldier. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. You look up Kevin, <laughs> Kellen Winslow Jr. Player, uh, Ke- sure. He's been in a lot of trouble recently. Or not, so, well, not so recently. You brought up really uh, weird stuff. Shannon and those, those Ravens team. And uh, Tony Saragusa, oh, that sucked. Passed away 55. Um, you know, it's funny because, well, it's not funny, but at, when Gronk retired, everyone's like, yeah, he doesn't want to go through training camp. Training camp sucks. Why would you want to do it? And I was telling the story about how Saragusa would tell the story, how he would take a phone book to his knee and bang, bang his knee to loosen the cartilage so he could sit out of practice or two. Like that's, those are the extents he went to, to miss a practice. Then I hear he died. I get 55. It sucked. But uh, did you deal with Saragusa? Frankie Cortez, four episodes of the Sopranos. Um, Yeah. And he was also great in 25th hour. Or was it 25th hour? Is that the picture he was in where he played a mobster and he had like a, a Eastern European accent? Either way, just a little bit. Yeah. I dealt with him. My old man, you know, used to um, deal with the pit football team as a, as right. a physician. And so um, we would go up to training camp every year in August. And yeah, he was one of those big personalities that was knocking around. The The real glory days were fading, but he was still a, him, Burt Grossman, Ironhead Hayward. They didn't lack for, um, you know, humongous personalities and the humongous human being in the case of Tony Sierra. Yeah. So, yeah, he was delightful. You know, he was delightful on those games. He was to me, the one guy. I'm trying, maybe I'm forgetting somebody else and, but uh, not the genuflect to him uh, about it, but that third voice down on the field, he's mm-hmm. the, he was the best of that. Yeah. I think right. So. I don't yeah. think there's ever been anybody who really rivals him. It's like, man, I love his, so like he took in the crowd and everything. Right, he yeah. kind of did it all. Yeah. Uh, boy, that defense was so damn good. I remember I bet against them time and time again. I, I'm trying to think of their run to win that Super Bowl against the giants. I know they beat the, Titans. He knocked, on the road. He specifically knocked out uh, the Raiders. Rich Gannon, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the, he is He's the, the guy who yeah, kind of flipped football them. history. Yeah. Right. I had definitely had the Raiders there. They couldn't score, but uh, yeah, great player. Yeah, great as soon as well to bring it all together, Shannon Sharp caught the long touchdown pass in that game, mm-hmm. if memory serves. And as soon as it that happened, you're like, well, that's the end of the game. No, they're, not, they they're not going to be able to rally on this. Yeah. yeah, that was terrible. That was a crazy. That I mean. For younger people like Spaghetti and Marty, you guys saw the Jags defense. Uh-huh. It that 
Siragusa, Ray Lewis, and at all defense. I mean, I that also was the saw best that we've seen too. this this millennium, right? What's <laughs> I that? also saw that defense too. You did? Yeah. Chris McAllister was a cornerback there. Like I, I remember that defense where I was like, yeah, I remember watching the 2000. Like I was what 11. I'd get crap yeah. if I didn't mention the Super Bowl champion uh, Steelers. Um, it, when they beat the Cardinals, but they did allow what would have been the Super Bowl losing touchdown to Larry Fitzgerald. I also remember right. that football game. But that, up until that point, that was a great defense. Uh, well, the Steelers aren't done with their Super Bowls. Kenny Pickett signed with, oh man, I was, oh I was, real, God, I was hoping goodness. he'd hold out. That would be so funny. <laughs> oh, local boy, we love him. And then he holds out. You don't hear from him until late October. I'm glad he was able to get his tiny hands around. The I pen. know. It took uh, the better part of a fortnight. Nobody affords him the 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 extra time needed to place that pen betw- betwixt his two tiny little paws to scratch an X <laughs> on a page. It's not easy to do for someone with those. So there you go. I think he's still underdog to start uh, week one. I think, right? Does that I think make that's sense? right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, slight underdog. All right. So there you go. Are you rooting for that? You can he make it? Oh, there it is. Trubisky minus one seventy two. Pickett plus one thirty four. Mason Rudolph holding steady at twenty five to one. Yeah. Hey, uh, hold your breath on Mason Rudolph getting the start in week one. Um, one injury takes one injury and Pickett not ready. I just you're right. You're right. If Trubisky got hurt, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I could see them. So, but I also think that they are eager to purge that contract, as I have consistently said. Obviously, once you sign Trubisky, that indicates Mason Rudolph ain't our guy, and then they double down and get a quarterback in the draft. The idea that, like, ah, Mason Rudolph's being disrespected. What did you, what, what did you think was going on here? They right. want to get that. They want to unload that contract and they're hoping to get a draft pick to do it instead of cutting the guy. That's that's the end of that. But I do think it's going to be Trubisky to answer your question. All right. In week one. There you go. We'll have a lot of time to talk about football. All Very right. exciting. We'll get there, guys. Is that an upgrade from week one last year, Dave? Oh, no. I don't have to play your don't game. Don't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wind. I'm winding, play winding down. Uh, yeah, you know what? That was a call for. We have been doing this for a while. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> NBA draft bad, tonight. Boy, the, the numbers are kind of now what they were yesterday. Jabari mm. Smith minus 260. Chad Holmgren to go second minus 290. And uh, Paolo Bencaro minus 360 to go third. So have fun with that. It's not... Uh, betting prohibited now you could kind of parlay some of these together do it fandle.com before it happens slash predict right now sal extra points yeah we won't know the answer for probably a half decade but we'll have a good sense two years in chet yeah. holmgren great nba player or no because martin won't allow it okay martin <laughs> won't buy tickets to see him play i would say this all right no not great Good question how not, many- not sean bradley not a project like that but not a force. Kyrie Irving has played 103 basketball games in the last three seasons. Uh-huh. Has John Wall played more or less than that? Less. It's got to be less. He's played seven more. He's played 100. Really? Wow. I think that Chet Holmgren, his body type and his, like, yeah, yeah like I oh. suggest that he is not going to be able to, like, I'm not saying he's going to miss 100, miss what? The some. less need way. Needs to become the I was just going to say, Stafford, misses, Stafford misses like every 14 games a I year. I mean, you know, when you got a real injury-prone <laughs> quarterback like that, you're taking a big risk to uh, make a trade That's like right, that. but listen, you trade But I think Chet Holmgren is not going to play more than... Doing. I would be shocked if he everything. plays more than 70 games a season. Let me like, tell you seriously. something. Like, if he's an 82-game guy, I'd be yeah. dead shocked. All right, that's true. Avalanche gave away everything in their future to win now. They're about to be anointed. You think Denver fans will be happy? I think they will. Penguins gave away all their future for the last six years. Years to to win cups. I think everybody's happy with that. Well, people are belly aching, nevertheless. But 
That uh, the Rams won the Super. That trade your future. This uh, obsession with oh, what are we gonna do four years from now? We don't trade it all. Trade give away uh, give away everything to win right now. Well, it, it helps when you can draft uh, Cooper Cup at number sixty nine, the best player in football. But yeah, it, it, it works for the Rams over and over and over. All right. We've done it all, guys. We got a play of the day out there. We talked hockey. We talked basketball, NBA draft. What uh, what your sport looks like, your best looking. I don't know that we figured that out. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting shit. Uh, let me like, pray like on it. I, mean, I, just, I can't. I, I can't go back. I can't wait to go back to bank shots and, and, and post ups with Tim Duncan. Oh, stop it! All right, I'm going to finish my urine here, and <laughs> that'll do it for another episode of Extra Points. A reminder to everyone out there: you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. 